This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Michael. But before we start today's show, I have some Patreon shout outs. Oh, yeah. This is a big thank you to everyone who has supported us over at Bigfoot Collectors Club, the other side at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey, guys, let's try and double those Patreon commitments. Let's see <laughs> if we work. can get there. Really? Let's see. <laughs> yes, I'll tell you thing. what. I'm <laughs> totally kidding. But I'm super thankful for all these amazing patrons. We are really close to hitting our goal, and we're just shy of our goal. So if you want to check out what we're doing tell your for just $5 a month, you can come over and check out over, I believe, More than 85 80. episodes yeah. wow. now, mini-sodes, long-sodes. Yeah. We just dropped, uh, last week, we dropped a big episode, Q&A episode of uh, uh, all the burning questions that anyone has ever wanted to know about all of us. Like the time that uh, uh, Bryce made friends with the family of squirrels, <laughs> which was one of the greatest stories. It's my oh, spirit animal. It's my Let's top ten BCC stories now. <laughs> yes. All right, but uh, I digress. Let's. Thank these people. Christopher. Thank you. Imogen Allen. Thank you. Ryan Holbrook. Thank you. Melanie. Thanks, Melanie. Abby Allen. Thank you. Spencer A. Lutz. Thank you. Frank Garcia Hegel. Thank you. I'm not sure about that pronunciation, and I apologize. Rochelle Ayers. Thank you. Elisa Fry Leonard. Thanks. Sean Stanick. Thanks, John. Kim. Kim, you rock. Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Deirdre. Thank you. Daniel Sanderson. Thank you. Lady Dylan Hoffman. Oh, thank you, milady. Justin Martinez. <laughs> thank you. Rebecca. Thanks, Rebecca. Eli Grieve. Thank you. Jake Ashdown. Yeah, Jake. Caitlin Clemente. Ooh, or thanks, Clement. Caitlin. Caitlin nice. Clement and Caitlin Clemente. Thank you both. We think thanks. exactly. Kenneth Milan. Thanks, Kenneth. Lyric Stott. Thank you. Barbara Reed. Thanks. Christian Laliberte. Thank you. Kevin Maestas. Thank you. Brooke Page. Thanks. Wolf Mingus. Thank you. My favorite name on the list. Totally. Nora Jane. Thank you, Nora. Jacqueline Champlin. Thank you. Mike Minnick. Thanks. Larry Engel. Thanks, Larry. James Harp. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much wow, for joining. So many. What a list. All of you guys have joined since our last L Files episode. This That's is amazing. Incredible, man. I know. Incredible. You know, I, I'm a podcast listener now, and uh, you know there is a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts do have uh, patrons, but I, th- I feel like we have so much to offer. I mean, usually there's like uh, an, an extra episode every you know couple weeks or a month, but we we just stack the deck on our Patreon. Well. <laughs> We, 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 we do. We do, we do our best. Well. We do our best, man. We, we got sure a whole do. 
bevy of content. Riley and I just had a very frustrating month of technical difficulties that we don't have to get into at this moment. Inopportune time. Well, that'll happen. (laughs) But listen, we just want to say thank you so much for contributing. We do this because we love it. It's an avocation for all three of us, and uh, and we're really grateful to you. And it's a whole other side of Bigfoot Collectors Club. All right, guys, let's kick off today's episode because it's time for the show. Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, show where, where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Rise Motherfucking Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. I like you're dropping the MFs right up front. Right, you let them know. I'm spicy today. You are. I like. Hey it. guys, spicy. You're a spicy beatbox robot. <laughs> um, guys, today it's a special L Files episode. That's where. We read your personal paranormal histories, and we asked, and you guys flooded our inbox with a bunch of stories. So, so good. Thank you so much for doing that. We now uh, keep sending them in to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can also leave a voice memo just with the letters and the voice memos. Try to keep it tight. Try to keep it tight because we want to get as many on as we can. Think good radio, you know? And mm. sometimes they're just a little too long, but they're all great stories. Um, we have no special guest today. No human guest, that is. Mm. That's right. Don't with forget us boy. in our clubhouse, chilling with your Bigfoot boys, is our show mascot, Mr. Nova. Give it up for Wolf King LA. Oh. Nova. Come here, Nova. Nice. We're going to have him speak on the radio. Come here. Come on, Nova. On the podcast. This is, it. This is your here. big moment. Here we go, Nova. Everybody, I want you to say hi to everybody out there in Bigfoot Nation. Oh! I'm trying to get him going. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. Come over here. Okay, wait. Actually, wait. No, he knows this. He knows Come this. Here. Nova. Oh, okay. Nova, Nova. I'm going to teach him. I'm gonna, he no, knows no, he how knows. to speak. Watch this. Watch. No, here we go. Nova, speak. 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 Yeah. Speak. Speak. Awesome. I mean, that's pretty good. He's the best. All right. So Nova's going to be sitting here listening to your stories with us tonight. Um, (laughs) Before we jump into this, guys, I had a really, uh, you know how we talk about on the show that people like to tell us their personal paranormal stuff now? Yeah. Out in the street. I was at a uh, costume fitting today, and we we were sitting around. I was sitting around with one of the other actresses, and we were killing some time, and we just started you know shooting the shit and i mentioned that i do a podcast and she was like oh what is it about and i said it's paranormal stuff all this and that you're like thank you for asking yeah well <laughs> let's get into it let's talk uh but she actually was like oh really oh i'm so glad i'm talking to you because i have uh cameras in my house i have security footage and i keep getting these weird i don't know what to call them they're like Lights. They're almost like the glowing eyes of animals. She's like, and they are happening. They were happening all the time. And I, she's like, 
and, and I, it's not dust. I don't. It's not bugs. It's inside, and this they're just like all over the place. So like a set of lights that represent eyes. Well, that's what I thought. So she pulled up the footage on her phone. Oh, really? And she showed it to me. This woman's got orbs. Oh, like whoa. crazy orb footage. It was pretty cool. And I was like, I don't think that's dust. I don't think that's like you can see these things just appearing in thin air and shooting around. And like, there's one where her dogs are standing up barking, and there's just orbs flying around the room. Oh my god! Whoa. Yeah, and she was like, "What are? What is that?" I go, "Uh, I think they're orbs." She's like, "What is that?" I was like, "Good question." <laughs> she goes, "Is it bad?" I go, "I don't know. Does it feel bad to you?" She's like, "No, the house has good energy." Right. I was like, "Well, um, just Google orbs tonight, and uh, you know, I'll see her on set." And I was like, "We can talk more about it if you want to," but it was really cool to actually have. I've like not seen anything that looks like this before i I like was like oh yeah this is uh i felt like an exterminator i was like yeah you got a bad case (laughs) or you got orbs oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) you said they're up in your attic huh all right yep so it was just kind of cool is there any way she could record those and on her phone and Um, put it on the insta i don't know i can ask i don't know if she wants to make herself public you Mm, know right uh the inside of her house and all you know and yeah exactly so but i was just i know i'm describing a video but it was cool yeah then i was like you can describe it i'm saying she might not want to post oh yeah yeah, i just want to see him for myself no i'm just saying i love a good orb it's always fun to describe a video on a on an audio medium but i'm just well i could see it yeah yeah people get it it's all light it was just cool She's like, it happens all the time. They're in my bedroom. She was like, I got, I got tired of recording them because she's like, she basically just like gave up. Does she see him? So she sees him without the video equipment recording. That was the one thing I didn't because we got interrupted. I want to ask is if she ever sees him with the naked eye. So I will keep you posted. Cool. Uh, But that was my fun little paranormal uh, encounter of the week. Good. Any updates in your worlds of the paranormal? Uh. No, oh, no, I just finished that uh, book, Secret History of the World. It was a doozy by Mark Booth. Oh, yeah, it's great. Holy shit, that book is just so fucking good, man. It's just, uh, man, he really lays it down of like just kind of what's going on. And I, and I love that. I love esoteric philosophy. See, yeah, see, for me, I felt like the book when I read it was like, this is the history that like the secret mystery schools teach you. But I didn't know, I couldn't tell, and I'd like to revisit the book. I, I didn't. I almost thought it was like he was writing the canon of that stuff and not necessarily something that he believed. But mm. I love the I love the ideas that are out of it. And basically it's this concept that like our reality started uh in a more spiritual plane. Yeah. And the quote unquote fall of man is our fall into the year, you know, biblical, the fall of man. And that we have been falling heavier and heavier, for lack of a better term, into the world of material. Yeah. Uh, and so we're moving in for, stages, mineral, yeah. vegetative, animal into this right. human form. And that there was a period where uh, man and entities were sort of mixed and yeah. overlapped. And the longer that our universe and our reality has been in existence, the further away we've gotten from that over that that other realm. Yeah. And we're really being separated more and more and more by this other spiritual uh, 
plane that uh, that 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 that's the source of all of our myths and religions and all this stuff. It's, sure, it's a cool book. You know, if you think that. about it, it's not too far off from like how science would describe the evolution of our Earth after you know over millions upon millions of years. You know, but and what it just gets down to is all these great mystics, all these great teachers, they have been in touch with discarnate entities of higher intelligence. Make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is a, a spiritual presence within the lives of of us, and going back thousands of years, um, you know. And and some people have just been, you know, able to get in touch with it more and write about it. And all of our all these great mystics and mystery schools and and these secret societies, you know, they are their their goal, if for lack of a better word, is is to move our consciousness forward. Like, there's a plan underway, you know, um, for the experience of uh, of whatever you want to call, you know, our creator or something. But uh, and, and they're moving this, you know, uh, plan sort of along the way, you know? Wait, whose plan? You kind of lost me a little bit. Whose plan is it? Well, it's a, there's, there's a... Uh, there is a divine plan to there's meaning to why we're here. We're not just some cosmic accident, you know. There there sure, is a yeah, purpose okay. of uh, you know, uh for for the creator whatever it is, uh to have that experience, that conscious evolution, you know. And uh yeah, it's it's uh so This is why I got to read the book again because I always saw it as like we're in entropy and that this reality is falling further and further away as it as we age and time progresses, yeah. as we evolve, our reality is also pulling away no, further and further from that, that right. source. Yeah, you got but that. I don't know if there's a return to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he does say that. So it's like, you know, there, it goes through these four stages and then it makes its way back. Kind of so, cycles back. You know, imagine the Big Bang instead of a instead of just a gigantic explosion. Think of it like perhaps the, the Hindu religions would as, as sort of a, a cosmic breath. And it expands... And it, and, uh, it and, it, and it contracts, you know, and it expands yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it contracts. And this has been and happening. And as it's expanding, imagine that there's another reality overlapped with ours. And then as it expands, our reality and the spiritual realm gets further and further apart. Mm. And then as it comes together, it starts to overlap and intertwine again. Sure. Wow. Groovy. Yeah, We're it's, ready for it. some listener files Hell now. Yeah, yeah let's man. do it. Um, yeah, let's, in reality and shit. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for your... L-Files. Spark your doobies. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right. 
You guys wrote in with your spooky stories. Let's get into them. Hey, uh, Mr. Man, Bryce Johnson, yep. why don't you kick us off Let's do it. with this one right here? All right. I got an L-File story. Hello, club leaders and potential guests. Nova, that's you. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the podcast. Love hearing about all things paranormal. I have multiple stories as I've had many different types of experiences. Sorry. <laughs> I gasped because okay, I, right? thought, I thought uh, Riley just rolled his chair back off the rug and I thought it was going <laughs> to... This is going to go tumbling. I, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to fall and then r- fall on Nova. So I gasped. I've not turned my back on them. It feels weird. Riley's going to. Um, Riley, Riley's working a new instrument for his uh, his uh, you know musical high strangeness. So enjoy this. We're going to try is, just piano. See yeah, what happens. You're just going to have to listen to the sounds of the stories and really be inspired. Here we go. Right. Disclosure. I've also submitted this to your sister podcast, A Funny Feeling, so I apologize if you or your listeners have heard it before. Shout out, Marcy Betsy. I recently had my first experience with sleep paralysis, and it was totally as terrifying as one who has never experienced it might think. It was early morning, so a soft glow of light was peeking through the cracks of my curtains, and I woke up on my back and unable to move or speak. Just as I came to the realization of what was happening, I felt a presence in my room and the sensation of being watched. Looked to my left and I saw a shadow figure right next to my bed facing directly towards me and standing completely still. It was small, approximately three, three and a half feet, uh, just Yikes. about a head taller than my bed. Ooh, I don't like this. And light all. gray in color. What? <clears throat> that is a straight up fucking gray, dude. Yeah, dude. Come on, bro. It was definitely a humanoid shape, but I couldn't make out any defining features. This is also a good time to mention that I wear glasses, so it is all the more terrifying that I couldn't see anything clearly. It stood there for what felt like forever just looking at me while I was struggling to move or make any noise besides a grunt. My mind was spinning while I was trying to yell, What the fuck? What are you? Why are you in my room? Go away, get the fuck out! But all I could do was make struggling noises while none of my body responded and remained locked in its position. It then faced away from me. Now facing the door of my room, it started to slowly move along the length of my bed with what I assumed to be its arm resting and dragging along the rim of my bed the whole way towards the door. When it reached the door, it turned around and looked in my direction before it opened the door and walked out. And as it closed the bedroom door behind it, I heard the distinct click of the latch catching. At the exact moment of the click, I let out a huge... (gasps) It could move again. I was totally freaked the fuck out and scrambled for my glasses on the nightstand. After catching my breath and slightly calming down, I started to look around my room and investigate my door. My door was locked, y'all, as it had been all night. I have no explanation of what happened, but it was totally bananas and really scary. I'm fortunate enough to have multiple other experiences and will send a voice memo. But thank you guys for the podcast. You're all so freaking hilarious and help make my dreary desk job not so bleh. Please come up to Sacramento for a live show. Purple Heart, Megan. Hey, thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Spooky. Whoa, mm-hmm. hey, nice job nice on the job, old ivory. That sounds great. Hey, thanks. That really kind of made it. Old it kind of made it sound like a love story, and I oh, liked it, man. like a Victorian love tale. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe that's what that yeah. ghost was. 
That I love yeah. you. I mean, blurry. First of all, I hate the feeling of when mm. I'm having a nightmare or sleep paralysis and I f- want to call out. Yeah, and you feel like you're going, "Wake me up!" Oh, or you're like, "Help! Yeah. Oh, help!" And but you know that you're just probably sitting there going, hey. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Oh, <laughs> like an inside, you're like, ah, oh, out, right? And it's like, totally. Oh man, that's the worst feeling in the world, Megan. So I get that. Um, Ooh, yeah. This to me sounded less like shadow person and more like gray, gray alien. shadow alien, yeah. gray, a gray. Because yeah. maybe what was shadowy was like your blurry vision from your glasses not being on. Damn. You know, because that's the perfect height. She said this was grayish color. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the distinct thing that, you know, and we get this, is that she wasn't dreaming. She wasn't asleep. This wasn't like a part of a dream. She was like... She did say it was sleep paralysis, so it's possible mm. that this is all just part of that phenomenon. But, you know... True, true. That's good. You know, we're not going to discount that. But... (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Boring. Says Bryce. (laughs) But being able to, like, watch it drag its handle on the bed and the sound of the door, it's so specific. I don't know. If it's you want wild. to ride, meet me outside. Mustache rides. <laughs> mustache rides. <laughs> Intergalactic like mustache rides. My dad used to wear oh a button God. on his hat that said mustache rides five cents. <laughs> wow. I was like, you're a pervert. You're but, and, a, and a cheap I prostitute. I love you. <laughs> and my hero. <laughs> Oh did he have uh, a mustache? Yeah, fuck yeah, of course he, had he a mustache. Did. Come on, dude. You don't wear a mustache rides pin and not have a mustache. You don't make Bryce Johnson as your son and not have a mustache. Yeah. You know Bryce was actually born out of his father's <laughs> he just mustache. Came out of a mustache. And he was like, "Let's go find Bigfoot." Just like the the the, uh, the Greek gods were born out of Cronus's forehead. Exactly. You emerge from your father's mustache. My father's mouth vagina. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. Good times. I wish I had a button that said "My father's mouth vagina five cents." I'm sure, that could be arranged. <laughs> Listeners, uh. get on that. Thanks for your story, Megan. Okay, this one is simply called "Personal Paranormal History." <laughs> cool. Okay. Hi, guys. Recent new Patreon supporter here. Nice. Oh, thank you. Not a boy. Did we thank you, or Caitlin? Girl. Caitlin, thanks, thanks, we Caitlin. may have not thanked you. Uh, hopefully we did at some point. I found this pod entirely by accident. I honestly can't remember how, but I'm glad I did. It's been a great addition to my usual round of podcasts. Ah, awesome. Thanks. Meant to be. Yeah. You didn't find us. We found you, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to share a few highlights of my personal paranormal history. I grew up and currently live in an old colonial home built in 1903-ish. It's huge. Basement, two living floors, and an attic where I had a full-size trampoline with a net around it that I could jump on as a kid. (laughs) Cool. Jumping on a trampoline in an attic? It was rad. (laughs) (laughs) Rubbing it in there. (laughs) Anyway, huge, old, haunted. We have the diary of a girl who lived in the home in the 30s. She wrote in the diary every single day for five years. The family was wealthy, and the mother was a kleptomaniac. (laughs) So the father had a standing arrangement with the shop owners downtown to just make a list of what she stole during the week, and he would come around and pay them for the items. She's pitching a show. Yeah, that is so good. (laughs) She says, this is relevant. You'll see why. I also love that, like... 
clearly they didn't know that their daughter was listening to all these conversations and writing it down in her diary. So, some of the highlights. One. My parents moved into the house in the 80s with my three older siblings. One night, my parents went out, and the kids were at friends' houses for the night, so the house was empty. My parents came home to find my sister's room at the time full of cigar smoke. So full of cigar smoke that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Naturally, they called my sister's friend's mom, where she was, and confirmed the girls had been watching movies in the living room all night. My sister's room was the room that traveling salesmen used to stay in back in the day. It had a wash sink and a mirror in it, and it was right at the top of the stairs so they could just skedaddle out in the mornings. This entity was the more malignant of the two. But we had Great Danes, and think they drove him away. We haven't had any encounters with him since we had dogs in the house. Number two. My mom had a pair of flip-flops she wore around the house all the time, almost daily. One day, one shoe was missing. She looked all over for it, under the bed, in all the closets, everywhere. Finally, she gave up and decided, and it disappeared. We didn't have any pets at the time that could have eaten it or buried it or whatever. One day, years later, like two years later... The missing shoe appeared in the middle of my parents' bedroom. Mm. Like it had been there all the time. Number three. One summer while my cousin was babysitting me, we were getting ready to leave the house and go to the park. All of a sudden, every single faucet, including the hoses outside, turned on full blast. And all the doors in the house blew open. I wish I could say we freaked out, but it was more of a like... Okie dokie. Let's turn these off and head out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number four. Multiple times my dad has been touched on the shoulder coming down the stairs or standing in the kitchen. Just a light touch. Nothing malicious. Number five. Multiple times we've heard someone say, Hello. Like they've just come in the back door. There's never anyone there. Six multiple nights sometimes as much as two or three nights a week when I'm home all alone and go upstairs to go to bed it will sound like someone is having a party downstairs I hear multiple voices sometimes light sounds of dishes clattering Mm. seven my mom visited a psychic a few years ago and brought the diary the psychic told my mom that the girl's name was Caroline and she loved that our house was full As a family of six, all the bedrooms were full and there was always something happening. The psychic also told my mother if she opened the diary to a date in June, she was specific, but I can't remember, that we'd see that Caroline went to the prom with John and that she had a nice time. Sure enough. Turn on the faucets, Caroline. (laughs) Don't forget to turn all the faucets on before you go to prom. Caroline, wash your Sure enough, that was what was written there on that day. Holy shit. Number eight. Wow. There was an old swing upstairs in the attic attached to one of the rafters. The attic has a full apartment, maid's quarters, and the old swing would be swinging or start to swing while we were up there. 
could have been a draft, but who knows? All right, so pause. There's a trampoline yeah. and a yeah, swing in the swing. This is like a ever. McDonald's play palace <laughs> in an old house. You got we, a ball pit up there? Truth be told, we lived in a McDonald's. <laughs> there was a, a haunted There McDonald's. was a goblin. We sold hamburgers lived. downstairs. <laughs> there was a goblin who, who used to wear a, a striped shirt and a black cape, and he kept stealing our hamburgers. <laughs> Number nine. My dad's sister passed away about 15 years ago. You want to know what was in my attic? Asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's mustache shavings. He kept all of them. <laughs> That's how my brother was grown. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, sorry. I love a good breathy laugh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Riley, that piano, so good. <laughs> My dad's sister passed away about 15 years ago, and one night, probably 10 years ago now, our extended family. Was over for a card night, and several of us. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Together, through the dining room, like someone had just walked by and then smelled our deceased aunt's perfume. That is probably the coolest encounter to me, just because it was of someone we actually knew. It's an old house, and there's lots of creaks and pops in the floors. But sometimes you hear some footsteps walking down the back hallway when you're home alone. You just roll with it. This got longer than I intended it to. Sorry about that. But I just love to share these stories. They're fun party anecdotes and even more fun if the listeners are actually believers. Mm. Looking forward to digging into the bonus content on Patreon. Wow. Thanks. Caitlin C. Upstate New York. Thanks for writing in, Caitlin. Dude, that's great. I, I mean... I mean... I'm just picturing your dad up in an attic shaving his mustache <laughs> into a human-sized pile of droppings. But um, but I love this story because it's like there's such a rich history in this, and the yeah. house really feels alive. Yeah, you know, it feels like it's really been lived in. I love the details of like the the old sink that used to be in the traveling salesman's you know bedroom. Yeah, what a cool cool place i like that you said like. that it feels like it's alive because it, it, that it does it's like it's uh imbibed with those spirits it doesn't feel like dead things there it feels like the house is alive yeah Most pretty definitely. cool i like their perspective on it too they're so relaxed about their ghosts yeah yeah it, i wonder if it's as much as haunted as it is just sort of because of its history and because so many people came in and out it's just sort of like a nexus where like you're just over but you know a little place where like time is overlapped on itself yeah you know and you're just kind of actually do you think the do you think experiences create that nexus or is or is that like a latitude longitude thing it might be <laughs> like what if it's just like there's something about the energy of the land that that house was built on that was like even subconsciously yeah. influenced the old owners to make it be like a place where people can a transient place you right. know who knows you know especially if it's that old 1903 who knows what makes people go let's build here you know i don't know um, but it's a, it's cool. I, maybe they're all ghosts. I mean, yeah, man, obviously there's a lot of activity going on there. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Why don't you read this one, Bryce? All right, here we go. What do we got here? <clears throat> the hanged man. 
Uh oh. Spooky. Hello, Bryce, Michael, Riley, and Nova. I will do my best with this. I'm not much of a storyteller, and I think I buried this event pretty deep down in the vault of my mind after it happened. I grew up in a rural area in central New York. Our town was founded in 1765, so it has quite a bit of history. This event took place when I was probably in 7th or 8th grade while staying over at a friend's house. The house my friend lived in was built early in the town's life and was located near the town center. I'm sure it saw a lot of traffic over the years. In order to get a better idea of how everything went down, I need to give a little info on the layout of the house. The living room was at the front of the house with the front door leading into it. The kitchen was at the back of the house with the back door leading into it. Between the kitchen and the living room was an open area with a few chairs, a coffee table, and an open built-in shelf separating this room and the kitchen. So you could stand at either the front door or the back and see through the house to the opposite door with just this built-in cabinet slightly obscuring your view. Okay, I get it. Created a nice mental picture there. This house had always made me feel a little uneasy. My friend and I often heard creaky footsteps coming up the stairs and down the hallway toward her room when no one else was home. There was also an area between the enclosed staircase and the bathroom on the first floor that would leave you feeling uneasy. I remember every time I left the bathroom or headed toward the staircase, I'd get a chill that ran up my spine and left me feeling the need to sprint up the stairs toward her room. The sleepover started like any other, playing outside in the back creek, followed up with some Zelda on Nintendo 64. Yes. Awesome. Ocarina of Time. As we wound down for the nights, we set up camp in the living room. Oh, I love this. Oh, God. Sleepovers were the best. That's a good sleepover. That's a good-ass sleepover. Our sleeping bags were facing the TV, which left us facing the back of the house toward the kitchen. I woke up from a sound sleep at probably 2 or 3 a.m. for seemingly no reason. I remember looking around while still laying in my sleeping bag, wondering why I was awake. As I was still in a sleepy and confused haze, movement from the kitchen caught my eye. Even saying it now gives me the creeps. At first, I only saw the silhouette of a man's head. Oh. As I tried to focus more and wrap my head around what I was seeing, I realized that this man's head was slumped over and the man was hanging oh. or being hanged from the ceiling. As I continued to attempt to process all this, I could see his shoulders and torso through the openings in the built-in shelf just gently swaying back and forth, back and forth. I don't remember much outside of being entranced in a scared stupor while looking at his limp body sway from across the house. I don't remember being as terrified as I now realize I should have been. I was more just unsettled by it all. My friend stayed asleep through this whole thing. I didn't try to wake her because I still couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I pulled the covers higher up around my shoulders, moved closer to her, curled up into a ball, and fell back to sleep. That's good. That's the protocol. In the shut morning, it out. <laughs> nope, shut nope, it nope, out. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 deny, nope, deny. Nope, nope. <laughs> In the morning, I told her what I had seen during the night. She was shocked. She expressed her uneasiness around the house at times, too, and felt like there was a man's presence. 
As her mom made us breakfast in that same kitchen, I had seen the hanged man in the night before. My friend and I asked about presences in the house and told her mom that we had experienced some things. We didn't give too many details. While casually plating a pancake, her mom shrugged and said she wasn't surprised because there were a few presences in the house. Needless to say, we had sleepovers at my house from then on. (laughs) I hope this hit the spooky spot for you all. As I was excavating this memory, I unearthed a few others that I had stashed in the vault. I'd be more than happy to send them along if you're interested. Keep up the great work. Your podcasts are always so interesting and engaging and help me add some high strangeness to otherwise mundane work days. All the best, Kate. Whoa. Thanks, Kate. Wow. Damn, that's a scary story. <laughs> Kate, you're a nice little writer. I loved, uh, what did the, uh, pressed the pancake um, oh well, yeah, yeah. Well I done. I really saw that oh, breakfast while casually plating a pancake. Plating. That was it. Plating a pressed pancake. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah, that's crazy Did... shit. Yeah, that's. I mean, what? Just a. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. Oh, yeah. I was going to say somebody probably got hanged in the, that's in what I'm the wondering, kitchen. Suicide. Kitchen, Maybe a suicide. Suicide. I mean, vibes. I don't want to go from A well, to B, but <laughs> also think about this. Uh huh. What if there? What if that extra room in the kitchen was like an ex, an extension to the house? Oh. And what if there was a tree out back and a person <sighs> was hanged from oh, a tree? God. You're good at this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was an add-on. A later it was an build. add-on, maybe. Yep. That's freaking me out, dude. Yeah, that's bleak. That's exactly what it was. Um, I think you need to, Kate. You should check into history, uh, the history of the house, and or, see or if anything. Don't. Or don't. I mean, that house, the town <laughs> was founded option. in 1765, right? So, yeah. I don't know. That's a lot. She said hang from the ceiling, but I wonder if the rope was coming through. It made it look Where, like what, it did was. Did you say what town this is? Did I miss that? Uh, Central uh, New York. Yeah. <laughs> another <laughs> another New York. You know what I um, love, though, is like you're kind of, you're still in your story. sleeping bag, so you're like a little bit safe, and you're kind of like, whoa, and you know, you just got to curl up a little deeper to be even safer. It's kind of kind of fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your friends are there. Your friends are there. They're sleeping. Like, hey, yeah, it's totally. got a Scooby Doo vibe, but just Gosh. a little more sinister. I'm yeah, just no hearing shit. the stretching of the rope oh, as God. it swings back and forth. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. All right, I have another spiritual one here. Okay. All right. Shifting slightly away from ghosts. All right. It's a little less spooky this time. This one's called "My Daughter's Past Life Story." Oh, cool. I'm a fairly new listener and have heard Bryce mention children who speak about previous lives. Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to all of your episodes yet, so I don't know if this is a topic you've covered in depth, but I wanted to share a story with you about my second and youngest daughter, Lucy. We actually haven't covered this in depth yet, but... No, I would love to. I mean, there's some great uh, literature on the the subject of young people recognizing past life experiences and how they're rated uh, for veracity. Anyway... As a disclaimer, around the time Lucy was born, I read several books by Dr. Ian Stevenson and Dr. Jim Tucker about children who remember past lives. I was surprised to learn that these doctors conduct privately funded research at the University of Virginia, which is not far from our home. I never imagined that my own child would one day share a detailed story of her own. Lucy was very young the first time she said something a bit unusual. Around one year of age, Lucy was playing with her sister and me in her sister's bedroom. Lucy was probably speaking about ten words at the time. 
It was dark outside. Lucy quietly walked to the window, pointed up towards the moon, and said the word, Home. (coughs) I was taken aback, but she was too young for me to ask what she meant. Around the time Lucy was three, she said something to me, I can't remember what exactly, and I asked her, Who taught you that? Her response was, My new teacher. My husband and I work full-time, and my parents kept her and also took her to a half-day preschool class three days a week. I asked my mom to find out if Lucy had a new teacher or if a new volunteer was working with the class. There was no one new. For several months, Lucy fondly spoke of my new teacher and a man named Mr. Brown. She was never quite able to explain where these people were, but no one in the family knew them. Eventually, she stopped speaking of her new friends. I have many stories about Lucy, but this next one is the one that I will never forget. I even wrote some of her exact words in my journal, because I know that memories can become exaggerated, and our minds want to fill in the details that we forget. Anyone who has children knows that the times that young children want to talk to you the most are when they are in the bathtub or on the toilet. <clears throat> Bryce, does that add up to your experiences? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. You always call me when you're on the toilet. Hey, it's just, what else are you gonna? I, I, I always that. like twofers. Do two things at once. <laughs> and number two, and <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. No, that sounds pretty much. It. One night when Lucy was five. I was helping her dry off from her bath. Out of nowhere, she said, I fell from a high hotel. There was a fire from the window, and I went down, down, down. Then I died. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) If a small child told me that, it would be five years old. Oh, no. Oh, my God. God. As her mom... I didn't want to seem surprised, freaked out, or discourage her from saying more. I simply said, then what happened? Lucy said, I respawned in your belly when I was zero. Side note, I realize respawn is an interesting choice of words. At the time, Lucy would watch her dad play Minecraft. She knew the word spawn to mean your player starts or is created in a new world or setting. Wow. I asked her where she lived, and she said, Pennsylvania. We have never been to Pennsylvania, but live in Virginia, so I'm sure she's probably heard of it. I asked her, what was your name? Lucy said, Luna. By this point, I was getting a bit freaked out, but halfway through, oh, but halfway thought she was making it up. I didn't want to ask leading questions or influence her needing to tell more. I simply said, Lucy, that's a really interesting story. It's a really interesting story. If you could create a title for that story, what would you call it? Lucy said, My Shirtine. Shirtine, like 13, but Shirtine. Mm. I said I liked it, but didn't have the heart to tell her that Shirtine is not a real word. Later that night, after Lucy went to bed, I started thinking about the story she told me. And it suddenly hit me. Maybe Shirtine is a surname. I immediately start Googling this surname, Shirtine, and found out that it's not very common. I Googled Luna Shirtine, and nothing comes up. 
But what does come up is Lena Shirtine. Pretty close, right? When I saw where this family of Shirtines lived in 1930, my stomach dropped. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I'm getting full body chills from this story. Wow. <laughs> At that point, I internally freaked out and did not search again until five years later. Lucy is now 10. All I can find is that Lena Shirtine was included in the 1930 census at the age of 12. Her family immigrated from Italy and were farmers. I haven't been able to find any marriage or death records. I haven't talked to Lucy about this story since that night, and I doubt she remembers telling it. Lucy has said other things that are odd, such as, You're my favorite mommy. I think she has some spiritual gifts she has yet to discover. But I know they are there. Anyway, I'm very much enjoying the podcast. Thought you might find Lucy's story fascinating. <laughs> Maybe when she's older, she'll get regressed. <laughs> Happy emoji. That's no crazy. Signature. I love those stories. Wow. Oh. Well, and also what jumped out at me is she pointed to the moon originally yeah. and later said her name was Luna. I thought about that too. And right. Luna's Luna. Oh, yeah, that's wild. It's moon. That's wild. Interesting stuff. You know, what's crazy about some of those... Um, reincarnation stories is is in a few of those cases as, as i believe through dr ian stevenson's book they actually find the person that the kid uh recalls his life being so they're they're not just like some random person that they're unable to find they're able to you know through all these clues that this kid gives sometimes they're able to actually go back and find that person and his records and then the you know in some cases the kid's like that's him you know there are so many crazy stories. I gotta about read that. some of those books. Oh my god! Wow, they're 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 just wild, man. I mean, something's happening there. You know, I if, if you know, listen. I think you know here in the United States and in in the West, you know, we're the only ones that are kind of like reincarnation. No, nah, our religions don't vibe with that. But all the other major religions um, talk about reincarnation and, and the bodies. You know. <clears throat> We're more like a single use, single use society. Yeah, right, right. Totally. <laughs> Throw that yeah. soul out. <clears throat> Throw that soul out. We're done with it. Yeah, I watched Cloud Atlas last night. You remember that movie? I never saw it. Oh, dude, you I should watch it. I heard the book it. was great. It probably is, but the movie's awesome. What's Cloud Atlas? Oh my god, is that's it... the Wachowski siblings movie about it's all it's good. all the people. It's like Halle Berry, Tom Hanks, and it's like all the multiple lives they've lived like throughout a like two thousand oh, year time span or yeah. something. Six different stories that all intertwined souls coming back no shit evolving not evolving changing this epic love story it's great it's really, really oh wild yeah. yeah check it out wow yeah. little i don't think i can watch a movie like that now that i don't smoke weed i think that's a weed movie i watched it with my dad he wasn't high <laughs> one of us was <laughs> he liked it well, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna leave the realm of the spirit and enter the realm of monsters <laughs> awesome Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler, and I am from the outskirts of Portland, Oregon, in a little suburb called Lake Oswego. Shout out to you, Tyler. When I was about 16 or so, my dad and brother came back from a trip where my uncle, brother, and father had heard a very loud vocalization. (laughs) At a baseball park. (laughs) Maybe that's not a good patch. That's that's not going to work. We got to change that. Hold on. Leave that in. I will. That I will leave it. Uh, Squatchy. Uh, Okay, yeah. Take it from the top. Okay, great. 
Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler, and I'm from the outskirts of Portland, Oregon, in a little suburb called Lake Oswego. Back when I was about 16 or so, my dad and brother came back from a trip where my uncle, brother, and father had heard a very loud vocalization. Later that night, after my dad and brother left to go home from a weekend of fishing, my uncle stayed and claimed to have smelled what he described as wet dog mixed with rotting flesh and feces as he was laying in his tent at a lake called Squaw Lakes, a little ways up past the town of Estacada, Oregon, along the Oregon Bigfoot Highway, Highway 212. The lakes are on a mountain called Squaw Mountain. I've always been interested in the subject since I was a little kid and always had a feeling that they were real, but always had that doubt going in the back of my mind simply for the fact that I had never seen one. It wasn't until my dad and brother told me about their account some years later after it happened, along with corroboration from my uncle, that I truly, with all my heart and soul, believed in the species. If my three family members say they experienced a vocalization, then I believe them. They've never been one to lie to me before. I instantly was shocked and amazed at the story I heard and found myself some years later interested in investigating the phenomenon. All of my Sasquatch stuff happened between the months of June and September. My first account was this last summer on a logging road just off of Highway 212, headed up towards the Ripplebrook Ranger Station, to an area I like to go to kind of, kind of by a reservoir called Frog Pond Reservoir. I was listening to some older Sasquatch Chronicles podcasts as I was driving around the woods and came across a side road that jetted up. I started up the hill for about 10 minutes when it came to a dead end with a camping spot at the end of it. I'm the type of person that when I find a secluded spot like that, I put my vehicle in park, shut my car off, and hang out there for a couple of hours as to reset my mind. Wind down and relax the city stress away. Sounds nice. Wind down? Wind down. Thank you, Mike. Some... Is, is is wind spelled different from wind? No. Okay. But I thought maybe he had like the 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 windows rolled down. Mm. Yeah. Right. Right. So I just, that's why I was like, maybe it's wind down. Yeah. Maybe it's windows down. Okay. This was no exception. After about two hours of hanging out and listening to some downloaded SC content I had on my phone, an episode I believe it was titled "Reported Sasquatch Sounds" came on. As I started to focus more attention on the episode, I got this bright idea to blast my car speakers as loud as they can go for the next reported sounds. I rolled down all of my windows, prepping for the next sound to come up. Shortly I had after I had opened all my windows, I believe it was the Missouri Howl came on. As the recording ended, I turned my speakers all the way back down to lower listening volume. Within five to ten seconds, I shit you not, After I turned down the audio, I heard what I can only describe as a super high-pitched scream-like howl mixed with a low-toned dog type of screech far off in the distance. It lasted for about 10 seconds, and just as it clicked in my brain that I had heard a noise off in the distance, this feeling of overwhelming dread and impending doom washed over me. Dude, you called down the thunder. (laughs) Infrasound. I've also, I've almost died before, but nothing compares to the feeling I had that day in my car. Whoa. Within seconds after feeling this horror and terror feeling, I heard what sounded like three little rocks hit the back passenger side of my car. Oh, hell no. 
They were followed within milliseconds by what I describe as a giant log or boulder hitting the passenger side of my vehicle. What? It rocked my car so bad, Michael, that it physically shook me, and I could hear my leaf springs and my shocks creaking like a metal-on-metal sound. Squeak, grind, squeak, grind, four times! I started my car up fast as I could, trying everything I had to get the hell out of Dodge. I instantly looked back over my right shoulder to try to see if I could see anything, and at the same time as trying to get my gear stick into drive. I was relieved when I didn't see anything there, there, but was instantly horrified when I realized that all my windows were down. I slammed on the brake, slammed the stick into drive, but got up, caught up on my electric, electronic e-brake as soon as I hit the gas. At first, I thought I was being held up by something that put me into a state of sheer panic mode like I've never experienced before. It takes about three seconds for an automatic emergency brake to engage or release, and I can tell you without a doubt, that was the longest three seconds of my life. I proceeded to fly down and out of the woods, turning a 45-minute trek in from Estacada into a good 20 minutes out. This is like Fast and the Furious Sasquatch. (laughs) Hell yeah. Edition. I honestly don't know how I made it out of there alive with the type of turns and the amount of potholes that are on that particular stretch of road. After getting back onto the main highway, I pulled over and just bawled. I had already been crying all the way down. I've never cried from fear before, but had to hold composure so I didn't die trying to get out of there. I got out and did a walk around my car, and I was completely flabbergasted when I saw not one single new scratch, mark, or dent on any surface area of my vehicle. What? I also would like to note that after looking into the area of where I was, it's not too far from Bull of the Woods area, which is vast in in itself and butts up with the Warm Springs Indian Reservation. My second encounter. So I'm confused. Did did, did this log hit his car or not? Well, it didn't leave any damage if it did. I mean, something shook his car. Jesus. It's confusing. Confusing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it hit the tire or something. Maybe it hit the tire. I mean, it's perplexing. My second encounter isn't really an encounter, but more of an evidential type of story. After telling one of my buddies about my first encounter, he got pretty interested and wanted me to take him up there and to show him the area. I told him that I didn't want to go back up that road, but I would take him up to the surrounding area as long as he brought his firearms. We were up there for a few hours milling around and looking for signs when we came across this embankment. It had extremely peculiar prints going up it. I could fit my whole hand inside one of them, and they looked to have claws retracting out of the ends of each toe. I have a video and still shots of them I can send you. Please do. We also found what looked like a small stick structure right next to the embankment, but could also be the results of creek that flows under the road, flooding over it. Nope, nope, nope. That's that's a Bigfoot structure. A couple months later, I had arranged a camping trip up to Squaw Lake with one of my buddies who lives not too far away from there. It was a nice and calm day as I arrived about one in the afternoon on a Saturday. I got my gear out and my fire set up and ready and waiting for my buddy to show up. It was about eight o'clock when I finally realized that my buddy was not showing up, so I decided to start the fire up and hang out listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. It was about 10 p.m. when I had just finished up eating dinner and I was zoning out on the fire when I got this urge or feeling like I needed to look to my left. As soon as I looked left into the forest, there it was. 
leaning out from a tree from its belly button up just outside my firelight. It looked to be a juvenile Sasquatch sitting there staring at me with his big jet black eyes and his mouth and an oh crap lips look like he's going to whistle for him. He had no hair on his face, but all around it was very dark and almost stringy looking. It had a flatter, broader nose. He looked to be about my height, if not a bit taller. I'm 5'10". I say he only because I didn't get the impression it was a female. I only saw it from the belly button up and did not see breasts. I instantly thought I was seeing things, so I started blinking and rubbing my eyes to see if this object I was seeing would go away. It never did. So I decided to slowly pull my light out and shine it in that direction. Oh, I want to be him so bad at that moment. As soon as I aimed the light where this object was, it darted back behind the tree so fast that it looked like a blur. I instantly got so scared I couldn't move. And almost as this fear feeling came on me, I had a warming, happy, energetic feeling wash over me. Weird. I was no longer afraid. I just stared back down at my fire for another minute or two and decided to call it a night. I snuffed the fire out and went to bed with no other known incident. I still doubt what I saw, but every time I do, I think about the light and how fast the object I was seeing physically moved. I can't discount that. My final story takes place above Squaw Lake with one of my buddies a couple weeks after my sighting. I'd been talking to him about the subject, and he showed interest in doing some investigating with me. We decided to go up to Squaw Lake so I could show him the area where I had my sighting. After about two hours of absolutely nothing, we decided to go up the road and check it out. We ended up on a dead-end road in a big open clearing surrounded by trees that looked to be an old logging camp. We had been there for about ten minutes when I started playing some calls. We instantly got a call back. It sounded high-pitched at first, kind of like a siren, and went down in tone with a hoot sound at the end. Me and my buddy just looked at each other with goosebumps on our arms and decided to do it again. We got nothing back the second time, and after my first encounter, I didn't want the chance anything. I didn't want to chance anything, so we got the hell out of there. Only the best, Tyler. Wow, Tyler, that's fucking crazy. Well, first and most importantly, <clears throat> belly button up is for sure a track from BJ and the Shadow Bats. <laughs> oh, yes. That is, that song needs to be written. Yeah, yeah, we got to get right on yeah. that. Guys, I want to play uh, the seventh single off my album is Belly Button Up. It's about all the times I saw Cryptid <laughs> only from the belly button up. <laughs> wow, that's so... That is an intense crazy. fucking story. Uh, uh, Bryce? Yeah, well, dude, that's, uh, you know, it's fucking crazy because... You know, get having that fear wash over you. That sounds like you know the results of something like an infrasound that you know um, we explored on the show expedition Bigfoot. And then you know when things get thrown at you, whether they're rocks or a log, there's nothing in the forest that can throw anything. You know, you need an opposable thumb to pick up an object and hurl it. And uh, and there's nothing in that that area, I imagine, that where he's at that has opposable thumbs other than humans. Those so, tracks, do you think that those could have been bear tracks with the claws on it? Well, yeah, right. So if a, if a track has claws, then it then you can 
just pretty much automatically assume that that's a bear because at the end of the toes of a bear track, they all have claws. But what he's saying in this story is it seemed to sort of have like a retractable quality, like maybe a print had one or one one didn't. I don't know. That's well, strange. he said he's got some video or photos. We'd love to see yeah, those. Yeah, Tyler, please send whatever you have. That, that that's a crazy story, man. And, and uh, Tyler, Tyler has more stories. Uh, he, I, but I wanted to highlight this Bigfoot one. Yeah. Um. So thanks for writing in. And sorry we cut the letter short, but we got all the Bigfoot stuff. In no, there. no worries. And you know what, Tyler, I I don't discount. I mean, we got a little confused as to like this log was thrown at your car and it caught it to move leaving no scratch that to me it, it, i'm sure there's a way that you can explain that to us better i mean that sounds like something that uh, which is why it seems so truthful to me i mean um so i'm sure it's just not being explained right well, just in the, the emotional in the reaction too i mean that like pulling over and then like have crashing yeah. from that adrenaline rush but all that all that too that sign that the fear and then the emotion that's flooding that also sounds to me in line with everything you've described about infrasounds. Yeah, totally. You know, side effects of it. Just yeah, like absolutely. a complete. And then, of course, there's like hints of like the psychic Bigfoot stuff where you hear where like um, he was like, he got the idea, he got the notion to look over and oh see something God. looking at him. Well, that's that old quantum experiment, right? Like, you know, um, you have somebody turn their back to you and, and you have an observer just stare at them, <laughs> you know, and, and if you can see if they can sense somebody like looking at them. Them, you know, but the, yeah, the, I mean, can you cool. imagine being out there by that fucking campfire and just going, look left, and you're just like, oh, I don't want to look left, and then you look left, and there's belly up, yeah, belly button up, belly button up. All right, <sighs> damn, awesome. here we go. We got our final story of the evening. This one is called the Kodiak Sea Monster. Fuck yeah. Hello, BCC Scouts. I'm going to try to keep this short, but I promise my feelings won't be hurt if you don't read this whole email on air or paraphrase it or don't read it at all. But in your most recent episode, you asked for stories, so I feel like it's time I reached out. If you do read it on air, I'm fine with my whole name being used, and my pronouns are she, her. Thank you. Cool. Buckle up, y'all. Bryce, you're going to love this one. Great. Strapped in. I'm a longtime listener and I absolutely love the podcast. So I grew up in rural Alaska, a highly strange land in and of itself, and so many stories for you. I have so many stories for you, from haunted houses to UFO sightings to a memorable Bigfoot encounter to giant birds spotted by pilots over an active volcano. I'm a lifelong believer and a generational practitioner of the occult, and I am just getting started on the path to pursuing a career in the paranormal. So hopefully someday I'll get to join you in the clubhouse for conversation because we have so much to talk about. Wow, great. My big story I have to share with you guys today, though, is about a notorious Alaskan sea monster, the Kodiak Monster. It's May 2014, and I'm on a ferry heading from Homer on the mainland to Kodiak Island for a high school softball tournament. My teammates and I had stayed up our pa past our bedtimes, and once our coaches were all asleep, we'd snuck out into the deck to watch the sunset. Now, it's May in the land of the midnight sun, so it's about midnight at this point, and still bright enough to see out into the Katmai bay north of kodiak island katmai or katmai mm, yeah, sure. k-a-t-m-a-i mm. 
Nine of us are out on the deck, huddled in blankets, enjoying the sea mist and the sunset, when we spot a pod of orca riding the waves alongside our ferry. We're enthralled. We even spot a few babies in the mix, and the whales are putting on quite a show, blowing water into the air and slicing through the surface with their dorsal fins, which can be up to six feet tall. That alone was a magical experience. We try to take a few pictures, but it's getting dark enough that they don't show up very well. About 15 or 20 of these whales ride along us for a while, but they eventually pass, and it's getting close to 1 a.m. It's been about 20 minutes since we saw a whale, and we're all about to go back inside our sleeping quarters, when we spot what we think is another whale at first, straggling behind the pod, as it appears to be another tall dorsal fin coming out of the water. But we notice something different. It's significantly taller by a few feet and jagged with cuts or notches on it. So we're like, okay, we're in pretty deep water. This one's older. Maybe it's got scarring from a boat propeller or another animal. But immediately behind this fin comes another and another and another attached to the same creature whose back we can only barely see slicing through the dark water. The fins, what now appear to be spikes, are offset in two rows, and they keep coming. Taller than orca fins, all covered in notches, and some are even broken off at the tops. Something huge and covered in massive, battle-worn spikes is surfacing little by little alongside our ferry, and these spikes keep coming for what feels like forever. We, a gaggle of teens who moments before were excitedly chatting about the whales we just saw, are now breathless and speechless as we watch. This is... Whatever this is, it is not a whale. Eventually, the spikes get a little smaller... And maybe after 50 or 60 of them have surfaced and gone, the water lays smooth again. Another eternity goes by before someone breaks the silence. Did we all see the same thing? Yes. Was it just a weird whale? Definitely not. Mm -mm. Are we losing our minds? Nope. Possibly, but we're all sober, and nine people is a lot of people to have seen the same thing. A few of us had tried to get a picture, but again, it was way too dark. We talked about it for maybe 30 minutes, hearts racing, trying to pin reason to what we'd seen. But for the life of us, couldn't. It was at that point when we put two and two together. This creature, whatever it was, was hot on the trail of a pod of orca. Apex predators with teeth like knives. Nothing fucks with a killer whale. Whatever 60-foot-long spiky beast had surfaced was hunting a pod of the deadliest creatures in the northern seas. Now, six years later, I've kept in touch with all of these kids, and to this day, none of us knows what we saw. But we know what we did, we know that we did see it. I hadn't heard of the Kodiak monster before this, but I've researched the area, uh, search, I've researched sea monsters. Sea monster sightings in this region since then, and there's a lot of them. In the 60s, a pair of fishermen did a radar survey of the seafloor and picked up an image of a plesiosaur-style creature. Mm. 
There's native Alaskan legends about a sea creature whom natives would leave offerings in the tides and receive plentiful fish harvests from in return. In 2002, a pair of Kodiak fishermen gave an account of a large creature trying to capsize their boat. Just like Bigfoot lurks in the forests of the Yukon, there is something lurking in the freezing waters off the Kodiak Island. Myself and eight others saw it that night, and I'll never forget it. Thank you guys for reading. I know it was wordy, but what a time it was. Someday I'll send more emails with my Bigfoot and ghost stories, but for now, I'll sign off. Great work with the show. I recommend it to everyone I know. Yours forever, curiously, Morgan. Thank you, Thank you, Morgan. And I actually um, deleted your last name so we wouldn't say it by accident before uh, I saw your note that we could have said it, so we appreciate it. What a rad fucking story that was. Yeah, totally. Classic sea monster. Guys, what a batch of great stories that were also super well-written. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally, man. Man, a sea monster. What the fuck? Can you just imagine seeing... Those scales, the the spikes going by. That'd be awesome. That is wild. <laughs> really I love that she backed that up with some research too after uh-huh. after the sighting, kind of put it all together and thought about it hunting the orcas. That's a real that's all that's just man. That's what was popping in my story. head. I was like, Oh, he's going after those those uh, orcas. Alaska's such a mysterious place. Wow. The oceans too, man. I mean, yep. who knows what's in there? No, I don't know. Not us. Not us. I think we gotta put uh believe it under sea serpents. Totally. Yeah. Without a doubt. That stuff's wild. Thank you, Morgan. Wow, what a great batch of L files. Totally. You guys crush it. Please send your stories or voice memos to Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. How about a little round of applause for Riley on those keys? That was amazing, Riley. Oh, yes, hey, clap thanks. at home. Clap, Dude, clap, clap, clap in your car. Clap in your car. Clap in your car. Clap in your car. Clap your hands off the wheel. Your boss is talking <laughs> over. Just keep clapping. Do right now. Just applaud. <laughs> it's going to be a slow clap around so the world. Good. Great stuff. Thanks, um, before buddy. we bid you guys to do a little bit of updates, um, so due to unforeseen events, we will not be attending contact in the desert this summer. Uh, we were current, we had been previously on the schedule, but, um, we're sorry. We're not going to make it. If you were planning to attend, we're so sorry. I suggest you check out Ryan Sprague from somewhere in the skies who is awesome and will be there. Uh, however, the good news is our next live show will be Monday, March 23rd. Yep. At the Mystical Bigfoot Lodge right here in Los Angeles and um, already setting up the guests for that evening. It's going to be a really, really fun one. Awesome. Um, attendance is always free. And because it is an establishment that proffers libations, the show will be 21 and up. Um, all right. Anything else to plug in the meantime? Uh, Riley, you're about to you're heading on tour right now. Yeah. Yeah. And also the Spindrift album goes out to college and independent radio tomorrow, oh, March 5th, which is so really good. exciting. So the day before, um, is it March 5th tomorrow? Yes. In but the time machine? No, this is coming out March 6th. Damn. Wait. Yeah. No, today's the, Wait, today's, today's the two. It's oh, two I see what you did. I see, see what I you did. I was being smart. I was doing yeah. that. I see yeah. what you did. All see right. I, I take it. I'm five. Fucked that up. All right. Well, I'm a, Whatever. Tomorrow in your world, or maybe you're listening to this three years from That's now. That's the other thing. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, okay, know. whatever. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the oh. point being, the Springdrift record is going out to college radio on March 5th, which is really exciting. So call your local independent free radio station, ask them to play. Spindrift Classic Soundtracks Volume Three, dude, is that that's pretty called? cool. That's it's Volume Three of a, a trilogy. We Great, want, yes. And then we're also on tour right now, uh, all over the West Coast between the fifth and the sixteenth. So if where can people find those dates, Riley? Because on we my people new have been Instagram. asking. Great, 
peace at peace drone on Fantastic. Instagram. I finally did it, guys. I have an Instagram. <laughs> I just went off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up the slack. Wait, buddy. what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bryce, what? we're running a business here. You're not, I know. Not insta- I know. I you just took your page for- down. No, I didn't take it down. I just oh, I just okay. deleted it off my phone for a little. Oh, that's just, fine. Oh, that's yeah, it'll same. come back. That's yeah. different that's than nothing. you went off Instagram. Okay, but yeah, good, Fresno, good. Chico, Portland, Seattle, Boise, Salt Lake City, Reno, Nevada City, Sacramento, San Francisco, Long Beach. We're coming to you. So come to us. Go check out Spin Drift live. It'll be fun. Fantastic. Yeah, I know people were call the radio. Asking about it. You know what it was in my mind because we're recording this on a Monday night. Is that two new music comes out on Tuesdays? That's what Mm. I was thinking in my brain. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's true anymore though. I don't know anything. I think like DVDs and CDs used to come out on Tuesdays. Those were the days, huh? Yeah, those were the days. It's not actually out yet though. We're we're pre-releasing it just to independent radio. That makes sense. We just got it. It's more you know it's like you can't stream it. You got to find it on the radio. Okay, cool. And then it'll come out later. That's great. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Um. Yeah, uh, come to the live show. I think that's it for plugs. Um, thank you guys for writing in. Thank you again for those of you that support the other side. Um, until next time, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson and Riley Bray. Good night. Go get regressed. Good boy, Nova. Good boy. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.